life and death. But I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? The world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one. You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. to know what's next. Two, what's next? One. Hello and welcome to the Cinematic Stories podcast. I am your host Thomas Olson and this is a podcast where I talk to cool and interesting people about their life through their favorite films and it's I know it's been a while since I've done a new episode and so I'm excited to be back and uh, with me today I've got Dallin Curtis. Dallin welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me as always thomas it is a pleasure to talk movies with you yeah same 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 i, I it's always a good time jump talking about movies and all that stuff so um and uh down you last time i did an episode actually you were on it so this is going to be a different a little bit different from last time so we're both going to be sharing some stuff and this is going to be kind of like the 2003 wrap-up episode so um, I know it's February already, and so we're already a month in the 2024, which is crazy. Um, but uh, I, you know, life is busy and crazy, but I want to make sure to touch on some of my favorite things from from this past year. Um, and so just a quick kind of like overview how this is going to work. So we're going to it's not going to be like your typical like top 10 favorite movies of the of the year from 2023. We're going to talk through. We're going to go through some of the questions that I ask on the normal episodes that I ask my guests, but we're going to kind of base them off uh, movies we watched in 2023. And it doesn't have to just be new releases. Um, it could be other things we watched throughout the year. Um, and just because I think it's fun to talk about other movies, too, sometimes. So this is a good opportunity. To, I thought it would be a fun opportunity to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so with the down, any questions or anything else you want to add, I guess, before we get into it? Let's do it, man. Okay. Oh, one more caveat I want to throw out is I have not seen every film up, up, that was released in 2023. And I know, Dallin, your year was kind of condensed because you were coming back from your mission. <laughs> so yeah. Um, if someone's favorite is not on our, we discussed, that's, that's you know, just be patient with us and hopefully we'll get to it at some point. But um, all right. So. Let's start with the first question. This is one of my favorite questions to ask people, and it's also one of my favorites to like ask myself. Is you know I take a, I get a lot of meaning and a lot of like value from watching movies, and so this question is: What's the most meaningful film you watched in 2023? So, Don, I'll let you go first. Well, most meaningful film. Um, I'll be honest, I. I thought about a lot of ones that I could put down for this that I want to put down like a recent release or that I'd want to put up something uh, 
uh, that's older. And I think something that I watched last year that was pretty meaningful, not necessarily because of the film itself, although, you know, this is a great series of films, but last year, you know, when I first got back, I took the time to marathon with my younger brother, the Indiana Jones series, uh, all four of them. I haven't gotten to, I guess there's a fifth one. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Uh, and I guess the reason that we, that I chose that, it was just fun because he hadn't seen any of them before. You know, he likes, you know, adventure stories and action movies. And we watched quite a few of those together, but there's just something about watching that series with him over the course of maybe a week. Uh, that was pretty special and just seeing him react to, you know, classic moments that are ingrained in pop culture history for the first time was kind of delightful, you know, seeing how he reacted to things like, you know, the heads blowing up in Raiders Lost Ark or him being surprisingly cool with hearts being ripped out in uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, uh, you know, it was just so much fun to watch those with him. And I think that's that's probably my answer for for this question. Okay, that's awesome. I love that. Um, and how old's your brother? Okay. Uh, he's 12 years old, so okay. he's. Well, that's like perfect age. <laughs> yeah, perfect age for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 super cool. I that's like, I gotta say, as a as a parent, that is one of my, the joys of my life is showing my kids movies that I grew up watching and like seeing them get excited about it or. Even if it's not necessarily like a movie I grew up with, it's just something that I, I think they would like. And they're still little, so like Indiana Jones, we haven't done that one yet, but um, that's cool. So did he have a favorite? Oh, he's a Raiders guy through okay. and through. That's where he and I kind of diverged because we were like, yeah, Crystal Skull, not not exactly the best, but I'm a Last Crusade kind of guy, and he leaned more towards Raiders. But, you know, at least it's not Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a... Um, <laughs> I'm a Last Crusade guy as, as well myself, so um, I I love. I mean, it's it's basically neck and neck for me, Raiders and Last Crusade. But I just like the father element, um, and that's the one I remember most as a kid as well. So there's nostalgia, but also like I just feel like the uh, the theme with his father, dad is really is really well done, and um, so yeah, I enjoy that one too. Um, well, cool. That's awesome. So for me, this was hard because, I mean, I could throw in so many different things. And so I'm going to go with the recent one. And this is my most recent. Uh, yeah, last time I went to the theater was uh, to see this movie. And that is Godzilla minus one. Um, and I so I, I technically had watched technically I watched it in 2024, but it was released in 2023. So that's why I'm including it. Um, but anyway, so this one, though. I'm not like a huge Godzilla fan by any means. I've seen most of the American versions. I don't know if I've seen any of the other Japanese versions of, but um, yeah, I've just been, I've been hearing just um, nothing but amazing things about it. And I really didn't, I never watched the trailer. um, Didn't really know much about the plot going into it, but I was like, I had an opportunity to go see it uh, about two weeks ago, I think now. And uh, and it was, I think it was the last night it was showing, at least here in Arizona where I live. Um, And uh, man, I, I loved it. It was, it was so, so well done. And it's, you know, it's a blockbuster movie. So it's got the thrills and the action and the excitement that you'd expect from a Godzilla movie, but it also had so much depth to it. Um, and I won't really spoil any much of it for anyone that hasn't seen it. Cause I, I think it's great to go into it unknown, but 
um, just a really powerful, powerful story about redemption and about like almost, uh, I mean, just learning how to like forgive yourself, forgive the people around you, navigating like, you know, just a collective trauma that a, a group of people experience. Um, it does take place in Japan uh, after World War II, so I'll share that a little bit, but that's not that's spoiling much. That's kind of the first two years after World War II is when the movie takes place, and I think that is a really interesting perspective, um, especially as an American audience, is we don't probably get that side of things very often, is seeing what that devastation was like after World War II and, and the, you know, the dropping of the atomic bomb and in Japan. So it explores that and just, man, it was so, so good and so meaningful. And it was really, you know, relatable. You know, I've had a lot of my own demons I've battled throughout my life and seeing this character go through that against this like beautiful, uh, you know, just amazing, intense story that it just, everything worked for me. The action, the the drama, the, the, the themes, the stakes of the movie. And, there were some parts that I found predictable, I guess, but but they did it in such a really well done way that I I by the end of it I was like I was in tears and I was like anyway, it was it was fantastic. So I could gush forever. But that one was just really meaningful a lot of lot because I like I said, I really connected with a lot of the themes of it and of like finding um uh, self compassion for yourself and that I like the desire to continue through going through something devastating and, and traumatic in your life and how to move through that. So um, you saw this one, right, Dylan? Did you? I did. Yes. Yeah. I'll be talking more about that later on. That's a bit of a okay. tease for later on in the episode. All right. Well, um, yeah, I, like I said, there's a lot. My runner up was actually Elemental, the Pixar movie, and I'm going to, but I'll, I'll come back to that one a little bit later, but um, <laughs> just because I'm going to tease that one too out. So, okay. So, the next one, next question is, what film from 2023 do you think you will rewatch the most in the future? So we're talking just straight, strictly 2023 releases, right? Yeah, I guess that one would probably fit more for that, yeah. Okay, so I think one that I can see myself watching over and over again is probably uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Or I guess it's just Dead Reckoning, because I guess they... Yeah, I don't know. There was a recent story where they dropped the part one, which, you know, kind of dumb. But that that was such a great surprise to me, not not necessarily because I thought it was going to be bad, but to see a, a franchise go on its seventh entry and and still be delivering a lot of fun and surprises like we think, OK, we've got it figured out how things typically go here. And yet for the third time in a row. You know, the kind of joint duo of Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie just managed to pull, I think, you know, this might be a hot take. I think their best effort yet. You know, I I think I enjoyed this even more than Fallout. It had a lot it had a lot more depth to it than I was expecting it to. And maybe this is just because some of the the topics it addressed, you know, like about AI and how things are created and, you know, talking about what is truth and things like that, you know, some pretty big broad topics, which was also kind of funny to see it addressed because we're like, we are in the same franchise that started with, you know, a CIA agent list identity thing being leaked, right? You know, how did we get here? Yeah. But, uh, it's, uh, it's nice to see them go and try new things and, and perhaps say things that, 
yeah, you don't really expect from an action movie. So, and, you know, and for what it's worth, I think this was the best part one type film that we got uh, in 2023. Like we had Fast and Furious 10, which was kind of a part one, but not really. And then we had Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which was part one, but not really. This was a part one that managed to tell something that I felt like was like complete, you know, had a beginning, middle and end, but, you know, certainly teased something to be followed up. Shame that we have to wait till 2025 now to uh, see it finish. Originally, it was going to be released this year, you know, the second part. But I guess for one reason or another, I'm not quite clear on that. But uh, it's been delayed another year. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I I, um, I I really enjoyed Dead Reckoning. I think I need to get I need to watch it again because um, I, I think uh, there's a certain character, the way they handled one of the characters, I was like, not sure how I feel about it still. I'm still kind of like, that's an interesting choice. And like, I don't know if like, anyway, I'm just curious, like if there's anything going to be addressed further, but, um, but I mean, all the things you said though. Yeah. It's, it, it's a fantastic blockbuster movie. Like, I mean, it's that the train sequence is phenomenal. Like that action sequence is so good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it really strikes you when you see, you know, these kind of familiar setups, right? You know, train, train action sequences and car chases through, you know, city streets. And they just have a way of making that all seem like brand new to you again. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah. And I think, um, I really liked Haley Atwell in it. She was a good addition to the, the team. Um, and like you said, yeah, I think it didn't feel like a part one movie to me. Like, I feel like it's pretty complete. Um, and then uh, there's one thing I was going to mention, but I, I forgot what it was. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm, oh, I was going to say, I yeah, it's a bummer that they got delayed. Um, but I also, I think, you know, if they're trying to rework things to make it the best movie possible, then I'm totally okay with that. So um but yeah, I think, and I think my favorite is still Fallout. Um, I just like, I loved Fallout was just so good. I think uh, Henry Cavill was a big selling point for me in that one. Um, as the villain, I just think he was, he was fantastic. So probably my favorite Mission Impossible villain we've gotten. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this was, this was a good one too. So, all right. So for me, for my film that I will rewatch them, that I think I will rewatch the most to me, it's gotta be Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Um, I've already watched it. I saw it twice in theaters. I saw it on my own and then I saw it with my, took my kids to see it, which I was surprised because my kids were five and three at the time. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if they're going to sit through a two and a half hour movie. And they, they both love Spider-Man and the Spider-Man characters. And so they, they made it. Um, but we have rewatched it a lot at home um it's kind of funny my son crew who was almost four he the day it came out on like digital he was on my voodoo account and he bought it <laughs> like <laughs> i didn't have I, at the time i didn't have a, a like a parent code in there which i do now but he like i just get this email of like like that i like that bought in the spider across the spider i'm like what did i pre-order it or something because i didn't remember and i was planning to get it probably but it was just funny that he went ahead and get it for me so <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, this is a movie that I, I love and I think like my kids really like it. So I know that like, it's one that 
we will watch a lot. And uh, it's fun, too, because there's parts of the movie that, like, uh, like I said, my son, especially crew, he's he's the most Spider-Man fanatic right now. And which is makes me really happy. Um, but like we will act out certain scenes from the movie, like um, which has been fun. And so, like, it's uh, yeah, it's just been it's been a blast. And, I, and I'm sure that it's one that we'll we'll revisit a lot. So. Um, all right. Well, so the next question, this is one of my favorite questions, by the way. Um, because I, so it's uh, what movie made you, it made in 2023 made you cry the most, uh, or did you cry? You made you cry the most in. Okay, yep. And uh, I like a movie that really can bring out the the waterworks for me. It's very cathartic. I feel like for me. So um, down what, and I don't know if maybe there maybe it didn't make you cry, but maybe got you close to that. If 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 not actually bringing the tears out. So was there what would that be for you? So I think I have two that are pretty strong contenders. I'll give brief brief summaries on both. Uh, one, I don't know for sure yet, but I think might be one that you might talk about later on. Uh, but one is the Iron Claw. Oh, uh, yeah. Zac Efron movie from last year. Um, perhaps for the first time, I watched Zac Efron in a movie and I didn't see Zac Efron. Like, yeah. I feel like in a lot of his other movies, I, I watch, you know, like, Beyond like the high school musicals, you've seen him in like stuff like The Greatest Showman, and he's done a few other comedies. All the live long day, I'm just seeing like, oh, it's Zac Efron in one form or another. Here, I finally saw him like play an actual character, and not not only that, but it was actually kind of shocking to see how well he pulled off some of those dramatic beats. And he is what got me. In, in the feels many times throughout the movie, but especially, and again, we're not going to spoil anything, I think, for this episode, but uh, yeah. that ending, you know, the ending of that film, it's a pretty heavy film. Mm-hmm. So you listeners that are like, oh, Zac Efron, this is not like his uh, his other films. It's pretty, it's pretty mellow. It's got a lot of heavy themes to it, but it pulled out and it pulled out such a, just a wonderful ending. Uh, yeah. You know, and this is a story. This is the story of the Von Erich clan, you know, the, from the 70s and 80s wrestling, big, big wrestling names. Uh, and it just follows the family and their their struggles, their successes, some of the things they had to deal with. And I liked how the the movie came about in the end, trying to deliver this overarching theme of, you know, family and, you know, of also coming of age and what it's like to be, you know, a true, true man, not in the stereotypical sense of like, oh, you know, gosh darn manliness kind of thing. But, you know, someone who's like really tender and and empathetic and, who you know, who watches over and looks out for other people. I thought that was beautiful. And that's all in the way he portrayed it. So oh. I initially wrote, I think, that I wouldn't watch that movie again because it was so heavy. But the more time goes by and the more I just think about it, the more I'm like, you know, that's actually kind of the movie I'd strangely watch again and again because it's such like there's such power to what he does there it was just so amazing to watch it kind of it's it's kind of mind-blowing that like he has it zach Efron didn't really get any sort of like award recognition um not even necessarily an oscar nomination but i just haven't really seen even like other things not that that stuff always matters but it just was i was that fine i found that interesting but um so that's actually my pick um no other movie in 23, 2023 made me 
cry and sob like this movie did. And not even just when I watched it, when I sat with it afterwards, I like would just be thinking about it and I would just be like tearing. Even as you're just talking about it, I was like, man, that ending is like a gut punch. And there's multiple things throughout the movie that are sad and, 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 you know, emotional, but the, I don't know, maybe the last 10, 15 minutes or so, there's a few different things that happen um, that are just like, I don't know. They just really kind of pull at your heartstrings. And there's, there's one scene though, that I feel like is just really like very well done that I thought was just very like kind of beautiful in the sense that it like the way it, and yeah, like you said, it's it's a true story. It's about the Von Erich family, and like I didn't know about this the family going into it. Um, were you so you weren't familiar either with it? No, I I completely had no idea. All I knew was that it was a Zac Efron movie, and yeah. that it was getting all this love. That's all I knew going in. Yeah, I I think I knew it was a true story, but I didn't know what the true story was about. And so, um, but uh, apparently from what the directors talked about, there's like even more that happened in real life that they didn't add into the movie because they were like, it's already really depressing. I don't think audiences are going to be able to handle it. So that's like, it's pretty crazy. But um, I like what you said, though, about Zac Efron, like his portrayal of like what it means to be like a man and like one that evolves where he is able to like, you know, like there's a lot of grief that his character goes through and like, he's trying to process it and figure it out. And like, you see different stages of it. And like, by the end of him, like embracing and being like open about his experiences was like really powerful to see. And I think just like, um, yeah, anyway, I, it's hard to not to talk more about it without spoiling it, but there's a line of dialogue too, that he says that just is like, gut punch it's like just when i thought i was done and i was like oh my gosh this is but um all the other performances are really well done too though i'll have to say like it's i think zach goffin of course is like he's the star and he's the highlight but the um and i i can't off the top of my head the actors who portray his brothers i I don't have them with me but they're all fantastic as well and uh yeah great movie it was like a surprise for me too i wasn't expecting him to love it as much as i did going into it so Pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you said you had another runner-up with it? Or? Yeah, I had a runner-up. I'll mention this one later, but uh, uh, Past Lives, that was another one that I watched that I still need to I'll, see that. I guess I'll get into later when we talk about some other categories, but that was just one that, you know, some of the things that it talks about just struck a chord with me, and the kind of movies that I love, it kind of does similar things, you know, what it talks about, what it explores, what it has to stay, and a lot of that stuff just, you know, it's right up my alley. So it's like it found the direct pathway to my heart almost and just got me exactly where, you know, it knew to get me. So nice. Yeah, I ha- I need I still need to see that one. That's one I've been wanting to watch. But um, OK, so what was the I hope I worded this question in a way you could understand it. But what's the best? First movie, so you saw this movie for the first time in 2023, but it wasn't necessarily released in 2023. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I did a lot of catching up in the last few months. You know, having been gone for two years, there was a lot I missed. But there was also a lot of stuff that, you know, even from years before I left, I caught up on. So I'll I'll list off a few names. I won't go into detail, but I just want to rattle off a few stuff that stuck out to me personally. Uh, So one was The Fugitive. 
Uh, the Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones movie. I watched that for the first time last year with my dad. Great. Even, night. you know, it's like 30 years old, right? I think that came out like 1993. Yeah, I think 93, yeah, or 94, maybe. So that... You know, I had heard a lot about that, but I'd never seen it. You know, I've been catching up on some other Harrison Ford movies lately. For example, last week or, or a few weeks ago, I watched Witness, another Harrison Ford movie that I hadn't seen that I heard a lot about. But anyway, this one, you know, for being 30 years old, it's still the intensity of that movie and the craft behind it just still so impressive. And of course, even though it's a Harrison Ford movie, you know, it's about him playing a guy on the run. Tommy Lee Jones, man, he just... That kind of attitude he brings to the project just makes everything better. I don't think that movie, you know, it's got a lot of thrills in its own right, but he makes that movie for me. Um, I guess a few others, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, you know, the James Bond movie with George Lazenby. Uh, I watched that for the first time. Not particularly a huge James Bond fan. His films are kind of hit and miss with me. There's stuff I love, stuff I'm not really a fan of. But that was one that I watched that you know, actually might be one of my favorite Bond films simply because it has a different feel and vibe to it. it. might actually have one of the few times where you actually empathize with Bond, where Bond doesn't feel like a stoic spy, but there's a real heart and humanity about it, about him, which I just really enjoyed. Um, uh, another one was the Charlie Chaplin film City Lights. It's an old romance movie from romance movie from way back in the day um that got me in the feels and then you know this is the big one that everyone told me about while i was on the mission but the top gun maverick you know mm. i watched that for the first time last year yeah it's as good as everyone says it is and surprising thing i'm not a huge fan of the the first one i think it's just an all right movie but i mean that 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 film just did everything the original film did well and just plussed everything else. It just yeah. took off. I, I loved it. Yeah, I that movie seriously is so good. It's like it, it still surprised me how much I enjoyed it. Like it just it's yeah, it's got everything in it. You know, it's it's such a great movie. Um, do you hear they're they're potentially doing a third one? That has me curious, but also has me nervous because on the one hand, it's like. We didn't think Top Gun 2 was going to be any good, so you never know about Top Gun 3. But I think there's just something special about this being a one-off that I'm mm. nervous to see about them trying to build off that. Like, it uh, just seems a little too... It's like, let's, let's let this stew for a little bit. You know, it just came out in 2022. And even though, you know, the rate of progression in Hollywood is like, go, go, go these days, where turnaround is like, you know, within two, three years, maybe even shorter. You know, I heard about them greenlighting a, another Jurassic World film that's supposed to come out this next year, you know. Yeah. So, you know, release dates are, you know, release date gaps are pretty getting smaller by the year. But I just, that's one that I'm I'm optimistic about, but I'm also kind of cautious about. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um well, I'm that's I'm glad you checked out The Fugitive. That I think is like, such a great movie. And yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. He I didn't realize this. I knew he'd been nominated, but I just as you mentioned, he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor that year. That's that's yeah. that's crazy. Um, 
And uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I think, from what I, understand, from what I remember here, I think that's Christopher Nolan's um, favorite Bond movie as well. I so. wouldn't be surprised, honestly, because it kind of felt... I, I watched that movie. I'm like, why do certain details about this remind me vaguely? Not like one-to-one equivalent, but remind me vaguely of like watching a Nolan movie. Did you did you see No Time to Die yet? I haven't seen that yet. Uh, it's on my to-do list, but you know, it's almost three hours long, and these yeah. days it's kind of hard to pull out that much time to sure. to do something it's, like that. Uh, but I think you probably just left when it came out. I think. Yeah, that was one of the first things I missed. Yeah. I, I really liked it, and I think there's a lot of, like, things, callbacks to, or, like, not, not that it's connected to Ron Magic Secret Service, but I feel like there's a lot of things that kind of call back to that movie, so maybe maybe you enjoy it, but I I I loved it. It was one of my favorite of the Daniel Craig movies um, up there with, at least I thought it was a great way to kind of finish off his era of Bond, so. Um, okay, so for me... So it's interesting. I was looking. At, I keep a list of all the movies I watch in, in Letterbox. I do it by like each quarter of the year. So like you know Q1, Q2. Anyway, I was looking through it and I was like, man, I didn't watch like a lot of new stuff this year. It was a lot of I rewatched a lot of things. I realized so quickly. I just wanted to mention I re I watched the John Wick series for the first time in 2023. Um, I I don't know how I really missed those before, but um, and. I, I, well, I still haven't seen the fourth one yet, actually, to be honest. I, I I had a ticket to see it in theaters, and then one of my buddies who came in from out of town, he got in early and he called me. Like, I was about to walk in the theaters, like, hey, what are you doing? You want to go grab some dinner? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So <laughs> anyway, so I suddenly see the fourth one. But um, the movie, though, that – and this is – I was surprised, actually, that I hadn't actually seen this movie until this year. Um, and a lot of people might be shocked by this, but uh, it was Saving Private Ryan – so it's uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's World War II epic that came out in 1998. And, uh, you know, I'd always, you know, I, I was a kid when it came out and I remember it coming out. I think I was 10, yeah, I was 10 years old. Um, and I wanted to see it, but it was rated R. And as a kid, I, you know, like, it was, I mean, I was probably too young to watch it at that stage, at that part of my life, but just never had gotten to it. And, and this year, though, I was rewatching some Spielberg and I was like, I have not seen that. And so, um, I got Paramount Plus just so I could watch it, I remember, too. And uh, I, man, it's such a good movie. It, it lived up to all the hype and praise that it gets. Um, the thing that I, I think I really love about it is just that it's like, I mean, the the the, uh, the action things are, are cool and interesting, even though at times it can be kind of graphic. But it's it was just a very complex war movie. And that's the kind of things I really like is where it just it explores all the different gray areas that come with, like, being in a war and the characters aren't like, you know, they do some shady stuff at times. Um, they, there's also stuff you can like, they also do heroic things as well. Um, you know, there's this, have you seen it? John, have you seen? Yeah, I've, I've watched that one. I'll, I'll be honest though. It has been many years since I've seen okay. it. I think the last time I watched it was when I was like 16, 17 years old. Okay. Yeah. So there's, anyway, I, 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 I loved it. It was great. And it's it's definitely like become one of my favorite Steven Spielberg movies, um, who's, you know, one of my all time favorite movie directors. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that's probably got to be the best one that I watched for the first time in 2023. So. Um, all right, um, let's go to the next one. So what movie made you laugh the most in 2023? So I I think it's kind of cool 
where we live in a day and age where obscure kind of board game cult, you know, following games can get a big, big screen release and, and just completely surprise those that have played it and those that haven't played it. Of course, the movie I'm referring to is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I so over the last few years, while I was out in Kansas on a mission, um, I met a few people who, you know, are fans of the game who like to tell me a lot about it. And so I picked up on a few things. But what surprised me most was being out there and then getting a call from my parents saying, you know what, we went and saw this movie called Dungeons and Dragons. And honestly, I think out of all the movies that you need to see when you get home, that's that's at the top of the list. And that just completely surprised me. It's like of all the things that I could have gotten recommendations for. I never would have thought a Dungeons and Dragons movie would have been one of them, Uh, but they were right. So that was my first I think one of the first films I watched when I got back and I had a complete ball with that. That was Chris Pine and probably, I mean, it's a toss up between a few performances. I like him in the Star Trek movies. I like him in Wonder Woman. He's great in some animated films that he's done. Uh, But he, there was something about his turn in that movie that captured the right amount of heart, but also the right amount of humor. And I think that is nowhere uh, exemplified more than the, the three questions Yes, uh, yes, scene. scene. <laughs> Probably the funniest scene of any movie that came out in 2023 that I've seen. It was, I mean, it takes the Monty Python Holy Grail kind of style of comedy and just gives it a modern day touch, resulting in, I mean, it was it was so funny that I had to, pa- I think I had to pause the movie and just take a breather just so I could settle down again and collect myself it was so funny and of course that wasn't the only gag in there that was funny there were so many other things about that that just got you in the funny bone um and again that we're talking we're saying this about a dungeons and dragons movie it's like who would have thought jonathan where's jonathan yeah i was just gonna say that 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 was like that was one of my biggest laughs in that movie yeah so i actually saw that movie at a test screening in 2023 the only test screening i've ever been to um, it was kind of random. I saw like an Instagram ad for one and I like, anyway, um, so I actually saw it without the finished score and like finished VFX and stuff like that. And it still played really well. Um, huh. and then I rewatched it again once it came out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just even better, but, uh, there's a lot of practical effects in that movie though. So I think that was like really cool, but yeah, no, I, it's interesting. Cause this question for me was kind of hard because I was like, I don't feel like I watched a lot of comedies. Um, and I was thinking Guardians 3 because I think and I think there was some humor but as I was thinking about it I was like I don't like the for that one there's more like of the emotional moments stand out to me more so than the humor did Um, whereas like I feel like the first two especially the first one there's like a lot of like like that to me is one of the funniest movies that came out in the 2010 decade like that. I, there's so many things that I quote and, and laugh at still from the first one, but, um, and not that the third one, I think it did have good humor. It just, I think like Dungeons and Dragons was another one like, cause that uh, stood out for me. So, um, my pick though for this and was this, and it's not necessarily even like a straight up comedy either, but it's movie violent night. Um, 
um, which came out in 2022. It's it's the David um, Harbour. He plays Santa Claus. It's like a John Wick style um, Christmas movie. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay. Really? David Harbour is Santa Claus. Yeah, it, it's, it came out uh, December of 2022, and I watched it this last year. I didn't see it. I I'd heard good things about it and it's um yeah basically like he he's kind of this grumpy old Santa that's like you know the mad people kids aren't believing in Santa anymore and so he's kind of grumpy but then he um helps rescue this like he there's this family that in this like hostage situation he kind of steps in to like help out and and it turns out he's got this like violent history that you know you learn more about in the movie but it's and I, I appreciate that the movie like as cool action, but they also play up the laughs. Like there's a part where he's got this like candy cane and he's like, you know, like if you suck on a candy cane and get the point just right, it's like, I even remember as a kid thinking like I could stab somebody with this. Like he literally like <laughs> the candy cane and it's, it's ridiculous, but it's also hilarious. And uh, I had a really good time with it. And it's like, I was thinking about it. I was like, I think I probably laughed the most throughout that movie. Um, but, I mean, it's also got great action, too. Like I said, it's got John Wick style. That's what it, the vibes were for me. I mean, there's not as much gunplay as there is, like, in a John Wick movie. But it's um, – anyway, it was it was super fun. And, yeah, definitely made me laugh a lot. So um, so if you're looking for a violent movie around Christmas time the, about Santa, that's, that's one to check out. Pretty niche market. But I don't know. Maybe this was one that just blew up. Maybe there's a huge market for – niche holiday violent action movies yeah it did pretty well i mean because it had a low budget and so it uh it did like decent and i think they're making a second one if i'm not mistaken so um wow okay yeah no we'll see how that turns out but um all right so i don't always love to be negative but what what was your least favorite film you watched in 2023 um I'm like you, Thomas. I didn't really get around to. Here's the thing with me and the way I choose what to watch. If I hear a movie's great, obviously that's going to go on my priority list. I don't really have a lot of time to watch stuff that I know has like a bad rap. Mm-hmm. You know, because time is limited. I want to be able to go and experience the stuff everyone loves that everyone's talking about. But there were a few clunkers that I watched in 2023. Um, I think this more than anything else kind of killed superhero movies for me, at least for a while, which I know, you know, Thomas, you and I, given our history is kind of, it's surprising, but, uh, no, the DC DC (laughs) trifecta uh, last year of Shazam to the flash and blue beetle. I think I finally reached the point where, I can take a pause on uh, superhero movies. I haven't caught up on a lot of the Marvel stuff that has come out, you know, since, since I've been gone, which, you know, kind of funny that I go and then suddenly everything goes downhill. (laughs) I think I said this to my family back home, but I kind of felt like Hawkeye in civil war. It's like, I I retire for like what, five minutes and it all goes to crap. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Shazam 2, I like the first one. I like the first one a lot. It, it was a pleasant surprise. But it's almost as if that second one just had all the, I guess for lack of a better word, 
magic. There's like a certain magic to that first one where it was both hilarious and heartwarming. That was just drained from the second one. It was more about, you know, the gags and they kept trying to push for a joke. And I think the critical flaw that they did there was shortchanging the the Billy Batson side. And, you know, Asher Angel Asher Angel isn't really in that movie a whole lot. And so you kind of lost the the heart, the connection that you had in the first one by focusing so much on the Zach Levi side of things. Um, I felt the the uh, Asher, what's his first name? Sorry, you just said it. Um, Asher Angel. Asher Angel, yeah, okay. So I feel like his stuff was so much more compelling than whatever Zachary Levi was doing. They almost felt like two different characters, and it was like, what the heck's going on here? This is Because, yeah, like you said, the first one is fantastic, and if this was the question was most disappointed, that's probably what I would have picked. Um, but yeah, it, like it, to, it, to me, it wasn't absolutely terrible. It just, yeah, like you said, the heart was gone and it wasn't, it felt just cookie cutter and, but yeah, I did a, I did a double, I did a, so Christmas Eve, I was just staying up late after everyone gone to bed. So I watched this and I watched Blue Beetle back to back. That's another one that, you know, maybe on its own might not be like a terrible movie, but having just come to this point where I've seen so many different superhero movies, it just felt and I'm not typically one to say this, but it just felt like deja vu all over again of certain things that I've seen before. It's like we've got a little bit of Venom. We've got a little bit of Iron Man. We've got a little bit of Power Rangers. We've got a little bit of all different things that we've seen before in other films compiled here. And while it did have like a a decent heart, it was just so I mean, I kept being reminded of all these other things I've seen before. And it was disappointing from that aspect and then a week ago i watched on a whim the flash which wasn't as bad as everyone else saying was saying it was you know it was certainly not good i didn't hate it as much as i know other people i know do but it was just another one where like okay so we're kind of playing this is where hollywood starts to play the hits a lot and be reliant on I recognize that. I recognize that. I recognize that. And nostalgia is a great thing, but it was just one that played its hand too much and didn't really seem to serve anything that was going on. And so, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of quote unquote bad films in, in 2023. I haven't had the chance to, the pleasure, but those would probably be my choices. Just that string of films in terms of the effect that it had, you know, probably was the most notable more than any of this, you know, the other stuff I watched this year, like some of the stuff that you see on Apple TV plus with like ghosted and the family plan. Those were probably worse movies, but you know, it's like a streaming film. We, you know, on yeah. some level, it's like, what do you kind of expect? Whereas I expected more from some of this other stuff that did have more potential to it. Well, I could, I could go on for hours about superhero films and the, the current status of it. Cause I, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a big passionate, I'm very passionate about the films, but I'm also with you though. I feel like we're at a spot where it's like, there needs to, there like, cause you know, the whole superhero fatigue thing, I think it's very real, but also at the same time, if the movie is really good, people will show up like guardians three, uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, like those movies did very well. But then it's interesting though, when, all four DC movies tanked financially at the box office. I think Aquaman 2, I think, is going to be... I think it's going to break even. But... Um, and Marvel had their first um, 
box office bomb with the Marvels too. And I just think it's we're at like a very fast, interesting spot. And I think the MCU, like they, I think their problem has been they've just been cranking out so much stuff that it's becoming. Like I haven't, to me personally, I haven't watched any MCU stuff and I, I haven't hated anything or thought it was terrible. I thought there's been stuff that's definitely lower quality that like doesn't feel as strong as some of the other things, but they've also had some amazing things. And I think too, in their last two, four phases, or I think they're in phase five now. But I think that's the point is that there's just so much that it can be. But uh, yeah, and I, 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 I liked the flash. I thought the flash was, um, I enjoyed, you know, it's not, there's some stuff I don't like about it, um, but I liked, overall, I liked a lot of it, and, I mean, you put Michael Keaton in a Batman, in a movie as Batman again, that's, that's gonna be, like, an automatic, like, it's gonna, that's gonna get me, like, three stars right there, <laughs> so, I know my biases, like, I, I, you know, and he's not even my favorite Batman, but it still was super cool to see that, but, um, but yeah, and like Blue Beetle, I feel like had it come out four or five years ago, maybe like I think it probably would have played well better and it would have been. But it's like you said, there's just so many. It's like it feels like we've done this before. You know, we've seen this before. Um, and I think that's a big one of the biggest things that superhero movies are going to need to face is like how to how to do something different and not just do the same thing because that's we're at a spot like Aquaman 2 was the same thing for me it was like I I didn't have a bad time watching it but I was like I I feel like I've seen this movie before um and it just nothing really stayed with me afterwards so biggest problem with all that stuff just seems to be that they don't let the the creatives to really do much with it it all just seems like it's the the same stuff like more than anything else you look at yeah. something it's like yeah that's definitely like a warner brothers dc film because they all kind of feel the same they have the same kind of comedic timing and you know the effects work is hit and miss a lot of the time and with flash it's like sometimes it's a big miss you know with some of the stuff that you see there um it just they've pumped them out too much to a point where it's not i don't know it doesn't feel as exciting anymore you know as it once did I think it's really good that like both Marvel and DC are cool, like slowing down this year, like because Marvel they're on, they've got Deadpool three, that's it, um, and then DC, I mean they're they're doing their whole new universe with James Gunn, but like they've got the Joker too, that's that's their only movie slated for the year, so which is even part of the their you know DC universe, so I, anyway, which that that is like a mystery to me, I'm so curious like. Because supposed to, like some of the rumors are it's like gonna be a musical and anyway, <laughs> it's a mess over there. We've got like a we've got a Batman here. We got another Batman in the works. We've got you know sometimes we got Superman and sometimes we're gonna replace a new you know with the new Superman. It's just man, I really hope James Gunn and whoever else is in charge I forget his name but that they work together and they just pull out something yeah you know, something good. I think that might I I don't know I don't know. I don't really know any superhero films, you know, coming out soon that are on my my to do list. I think until they come out with that new Superman or until Marvel finally makes that Fantastic Four movie, I think I'm just good like tapping out for for now yeah. personally. Yeah, no, I, I I totally get it. So, well, for me, so I won't I won't go along. But my least favorite movie of 2023 was Ghosted, which was an Apple Plus movie, and 
mostly because I love Chris Evans and I love Anna de Armas. I think I said her name right. Um, they're both fantastic actors. And like, I remember seeing the trailer for it and I actually like Apple plus as like a streaming service. They've got great shows. Um, and I've been pretty like satisfied with that, like streaming service. Cause they, they usually put out, they don't put out as much content. I feel like as like Netflix, but the stuff they do, I've, I've, I haven't watched everything, but stuff I've seen, it's been enjoyable. Anyway, but this movie just was like, I don't know, it was just really disappointing. And they had some fun cameos in it. Um, but I don't know, it just was kind of like, oh, hey, look, it's Bucky and Falcon. And, you know, from like, that's a, and it was fun, but then it, I don't know, it just didn't really do much to add to the movie, I guess. And their, and their chemistry was not. I don't know, it was not really good, and I did not buy them falling in love by the end of it. I was like, what? How did that happen? That... <laughs> so I don't normally quit movies, but I, I, I think in my review I said I had to quit that movie, like, when it was, you know, we still had, like, 40 minutes left. That, I mean, talk about a romance that just did not take off the ground. I could not ever buy the fact that, based on how much that couple was just bickering and arguing, you know, like, could ever get together, but you know, of course they get together because it's Chris Evans and Anna Darmus. You think they're gonna have this go any other way, kind of thing? And you know, it's just disappointing to see. It's like, man, I really want to buy into this relationship, but you keep filling it with all this gunk that keeps me, you know, at an arm's length. Yeah, yeah. It's just that that I mean, really, that's what it came down to. It's like they just didn't like. It was not believable at all why they would end up together and like. Um, which I know that happens a lot sometimes in movies and sometimes I can be forgiving of it, but when that's the central theme of the movie, I think that's where you got to be able to nail that. So, um, but otherwise I, like I said, I, like, I'm like you, I usually will watch things that I am like interested in or like, you know, like I, my time is really valuable at this point in my life and I can't just watch everything. So, um, yeah. So for the most part, I've, I've been pretty satisfied with most things I watched, but um okay so what next question is what was one of the most inspiring films you watched in 2023 um so i think this is where i'm gonna put in godzilla minus one i wanted to go for you know what one i uh what one was most meaningful but this seemed like a better fit i just like that and again like you thomas i'm not really much of a godzilla person i haven't seen a lot of this stuff and then everyone just kept raving about this so I was low-key kind of surprised how kind of emotional it was, but also just inspiring it was. That it was the tale of this guy just trying to right or wrong, you know, figure out some way to move past his his past faults and and forge a better life for himself. And that it delivered that in the context of like this monster movie was just you know completely surprising. I found myself getting attached to every single one of these characters, and you know what monster movies and disaster movies it's like the characters human characters are by far the least compelling thing and so it was nice that we had a film where you weren't just waiting for Godzilla to show up in fact you were actively wanting Godzilla not to show up because you were so invested in these people's lives that you're like no please don't come in and ruin it man there was there was times where I was like oh wait this is a Godzilla movie I forgot we got to get back to the <laughs> Right, I feel like I'm watching, you know, some you know, independent film from overseas, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was man, it, yeah, it's so good. And 
the uh, I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot this last week, and that's phenomenal too. And like, also apparently the movie only had a fifteen million dollar budget, which I'm like, how? How did that movie? How did they do that? Like, and you need to teach everybody else that because that, I mean, talking about superhero movies, that's one of their biggest issues too is their budgets are unsustainable now. Like, you can't spend two hundred million dollars and anyway. So, but. Um, well, that's actually one that I kind of went back forth, forth with too, and um, and so I, I quickly want to mention this one first. So this is not this was a movie that was not released in 2023, and it's a movie I've seen before, but it had been a long time, and I had only watched most of it when I was a kid and bits of it, and that's It's a Wonderful Life, um, you know, the uh, the Christmas classic. Like I had, like I said, I'd seen bits of it over the years, but never really sat down and watched it until this last year right before christmas and i mean it's just like it's as good as everyone says and it's um just like a i don't know it's it's just like yeah beautiful story a beautiful movie about like one man's worth and and how much value you can add to other people's life and even when you don't think that you are and i think sometimes as a father myself like i can fall into that like i can have those um same moments that uh why am i blanking the character's name of the movie uh anyway i'm i'm totally blanking his name and, and anyone listening is probably screaming at me but um like where he's like doubts himself and like his ability to provide and to be a to be a father and do all these things but then like you know he's you stop and for a second reflect on all the things you're doing well in your life and how it's helping people. And like, I just, I love that, that story. So, um, but one, and this is almost going to be my most meaningful, but I, I mentioned before, like I, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and I loved Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. I felt like James Gunn told like a very, like, like Godzilla minus one where it's this big spectacle, but it's also, very personal story. I loved how we got to like dive into Rocket's back story. Have you seen Volume Three yet? Have you? Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. Originally, I was just happy to not see any, you know, Marvel movies when I got back. But then I heard that this was really good, and, and you know, I had to finish out the trilogy, right? So yeah. it's one of the few Marvel stuff that I've seen since getting back, and I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I and really like I said like the, like the like Rocket's story was just so powerful and like there's flashbacks about like these really just like intense moments that he goes through and like loss that he experiences and it's like one of the most there's a scene where like and mild spoilers um like some of his friends die from his past not any of the guardians but like and it's like so just like it felt so real and it's like a, this is a talking raccoon and this feels more the emotion that he's they're putting like Bradley Cooper's voice work and then the, the, the CGI, like I'm like, this feels more real emotion that I've seen in like almost anything in a long time. And, and what I found the most inspiring though about that story is that like you see him like go back and face all these, this trauma and all these things that he like was put upon him, you know, and he's been kind of running from his whole, the whole rest of the series like we see him like he's kind of just avoiding all that and to go back and have to face these things is not an easy thing to do and anyone you know i i work in the mental health field and so like i see these types of stories in people's real lives where they have to go back and face these really hard things in their past and to see this character 
do that and like i love and once again a mild spoiler but when he like owns his name rocket raccoon at the end was like so powerful to me and like it was just one of my favorite moments of a film i saw this year um and so yeah that movie just really was very inspiring to me seeing his whole journey and his character are kind of fulfilled and and you know like I think if they end it there with him and, you know, like they don't bring him back further in the Marvel movies, like great. I mean, I'd love to see him cause he's a great character, but I'm also like, they, they just, they had a, like a perfect story arc for him and, and, and wrapped it up so well. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, stuff like that, you know, if we saw more of that from most films today, I think, you know, it's, it, it'd be, it's so much better, especially where Marvel is concerned, you know, where you can see that amount of heart and intensity all at once. I think you're right, Thomas. I, I go back and forth with these movies on which is my favorite, but I think, you know, in terms of, you know, what Gunn delivered, I think that third one might be my favorite of the three. I don't know. I kind of have to go back to the other two, but a lot of that stuff just resonated with me in the same way that it did for you about, you know, it's about acceptance of the self and it's making peace with the past with the past and it's forging a new path forward. And maybe it helps that it ends with one of my favorite songs of all time. You're playing before their credits. So maybe there's a little bias there too, but having connected so strongly with the song, it was, it was very satisfying to see that be used as kind of a capstone for a lot of these characters journeys. Um, yeah, definitely. Dang, I, I kind of missed an opportunity to do, you know, most, uh, you know, made you cry in uh, category. I I don't know. I kind of, the more we were talking about this, I guess, the more I should have reconsidered. Yeah. Dang. Well, that was my, that would have been, had I not seen the Iron Claw, that would have easily been my other one. But, I mean, I and this movie did make me tear up and cry, but it, Iron Claw, just like, it was like the last 15 minutes literally I was just like I couldn't stop crying so I had to like sit in the theater for a minute before I walked out just to like compose myself so but um but yeah I mean this the flashbacks one of those flashback scenes of Rocket like that was like hard to watch and I even remember thinking like if if somebody isn't like like an animal lover or whatever it might be like that this this could be a hard movie to watch and so like and my you know, my kids are young and they haven't watched the Guardians movies, but we watched the the Christmas special that came out about a year or so ago. I uh, haven't seen that one yet. I should. I dang. It's really fun. Yeah. I, I completely forgot that they did a Christmas special, by the way. I oh no, I forgot about it until you mentioned that. Yeah, it's it's really fun. It's it's, you know, like 45 minutes or so. and It's it's nothing like high stakes or anything, but it's just a really fun you know charming movie a little short movie and like my kids if we've watched that a lot and but like i wouldn't i'd probably get away a little bit just you know i feel like there's a lot of like this movie has some darker things to it but it's one that i also think though is when you can understand fully like themes of it can be really powerful so um okay so this next question is the most memorable film going experience in 2023. So just like any sort of like movie that you watched, whether it was like in the theaters or with fa- family or friends, just something that was memorable to you uh, from this past year. I'm going to make a, a little, I want to make a little cheat here. Can I do that? A what? A little like 
peaked. I'm going to include something that technically is from this year, but for me, it felt like the end of the the past year, it felt like it wrapped up a lot of stuff for me. Can I do that? For sure. Go for it. Yeah. So I went and saw a week prior to starting my school semester, uh, an all day um, re- reissue, re-release of the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Um, that was the first time I'd watched them in, I think, a few years, definitely before I went on my mission. So we're talking at least, you know, two, three year time difference. Uh, and, you know, last episode that we did, Thomas, I kind of expounded upon what these films mean to me, so I won't go on in detail, but it was just so nice to sit in the theater all day long and sit with people, both who were experiencing the movie for the first time, you know, which was pretty cool. And people who, you know, like me, have been longtime fans. Yeah. Uh, and on just a personal level, all the things I've been able to experience over the last few years, you know, it's just a movie, you know, we all like to say. But there was something about the, especially seeing Return of the King again, that was just, it closed the book on a lot of things I'd seen in my own personal life. It connected a lot of things that I had learned and you know, I'm still continuing to learn. And, you know, I've, I, I've said it again and again, but I've seen those movies consistently throughout my life. And every time I go back there, I, there's some lesson about life that I've learned that I can identify somewhere, however minor it is in the, in the stories of these characters and in the world around them, kind of the environment that they have to trudge through. I, I love that it's a story about, you know, going places where the eye does not see, where you just really feel so down in the dumps, where everything does legit feel hopeless. And then to see these characters deal with that in their own ways, and then eventually, you know, very satisfactorily, so they they overcome it. They're, they're not going to lie down and take it. They're going to do the best that they can to forge a path forward, even though if they know that the odds are stacked against them. Um, there was a lot about that this last time around that just connected me in that great personal way that these movies have always done and they, they continue to do. Yeah, that's cool. So it was an all day thing. Yeah. So all, you know, I was in the theater from 10 AM to maybe 11 PM. Wow. That's crazy. Do they have breaks in that? Cause you, they yeah, said there were, there were intermissions. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. So I've, I've never done a marathon like that um, with the Lord of the Rings where it's all in one day. But I, my brothers and I, we used to do is this was, you know, before Lucasfilm or Disney bought Lucasfilm, but we used to do the first six Star Wars movies in a day. Um, and we'd start at like, yeah, like 8 a.m. and just kind of go through. But um, man, that's so cool. I would, I, I saw that they were doing that at the theaters and stuff. And like, I wanted to see go, but it just wasn't able to, but that, that's really cool. I'm glad you got to experience that. Um, in 2019, I went to a similar thing with the Dark Knight trilogy um, in LA, and they, I think it was, I think it like started like at 11 a.m. They had Batman Begins, and then um, in between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, Christopher Nolan actually showed up for like a Q and A um, for like 30 minutes, and and it was funny because I was in the lobby before, and I see. Um, I see like Nolan with some bodyguards, just like he was like 20 feet away from me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's Nolan. like, I could see him walking. 
know, he looks like a normal dude, but it was just like it was it was so cool. And then to hear him just like in person talking about the movies and like his experience with it and whatever. So anyway, but I my point though was just I loved rewatching like a series like that that I that is very dear and to my heart and like like you said like it's just really meaningful like so I'm really that's that's really cool you got to have that experience with Lord of the Rings so um awesome well for me I so I'm gonna kind of cheat I have two um like if there's one that stands out but I wanted to quickly mention was um first of all uh was Indiana Jones the Dial of Destiny and um I first off with the movie I I really liked the, the movie overall I think it's not perfect but it's not terrible and I think it's better than Crystal Skull but um my friend Tim, you know and you know Tim he actually came oh, down Tim. to Arizona um to see it with me and um Jeffrey and then my brother Matt and my brother Mike so we all got to go see it together so that was really fun um came down in July which is the worst time to come to Arizona <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's terrible it's so hot here but um so that was just like really fun seeing that together and having that experience um but i think my favorite movie going experience was seeing the mario movie in april so my and mostly just because i got to like share that with my kids like mario first of all mario is like a, a video game series that i grew up playing and to this day, I still love, like, Mario games are probably the only video games I really ever play anymore. And mostly because I do play them with my kids. But um, my son, Crew, who who was three, he was about three and a half when the movie came out. Um, when he brought, when he turned three, he, like, became obsessed with Mario. It, became, it was almost like a problem where, like, I'd have to, like, you know, like, took the Switch away from him. He just would freak out. And, like, <laughs> he was just always wanting to play Mario. And he... He got really good at Mario 3D, 3D World. I don't know if you've ever played that one, but um, he was like, he, like he, he can beat the game on his own and like he's four now. But anyways, wow. when the, the trailers came out for that movie, all right, right, right around when he turns three, it's like when he's really getting into it. And so like I, I would just show him and like, um, you know, and then um, I've got my daughter Olivia, then I've got two stepkids as well that all we all love mario and so it was just it was like the build-up for it and the hype was so fun for me to like see them be so excited for it and um and then like my brother matt and his kids were really excited for it my sister and her kids were excited so we opening day we all went to go see it together and um you know and it's like 90 minutes and it was the first movie that crew my son had like he sat through, watched the whole thing. Cause I would taken him to a movie or two before that. He just, he just couldn't sit through it. He's, you know, he's, but he sat through and watched this movie and loved it. And, um, you know, the movie, I, I see the flaws of it and there's not necessarily, it's illumination. Is it, I think my favorite animation company in general, but, um, I feel like for what they making a Mario movie, that was, you know, an adaption from the game that also is not a very in-depth, story i think they for for like for me i thought it was it was it was a fun experience and totally super memorable like we my dad even flew down a couple of days like a week later to come see it with all of us we gotta go see it again and so that was like just it was a lot of fun and so like that's one that i think i'll always remember was just being able to like kind of have that experience with my kids and you know and my my kids they love to go to the movies because i anytime there's like something that's age appropriate i'm like let's go see it <laughs> if i can if i can make it happen so but this is kind of what started a lot of it and so 
yeah, we love Mario over here, and that was super fun for me. So, well, nice. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're gonna finish up with like our last two things. So I, I, you know, this is not like a top ten episode, but I do like to still kind of talk about some of our favorites from the year. Um. And so I thought we would just like pick five of our favorite movies from 2000. And these are movies that were released in 2023. Um. It was really hard for me just to pick five, so I have a few honorable mentions I'll, that I'll mention. But um, do you have five? I mean, if you have honorable mentions too, you're welcome to share those as well. But I uh, I didn't really think about honorable mentions because I I don't think I again I think I, I feel like I'm about to disqualify my entire opinion because I haven't really seen all that much, even That's compared true. to you know what I usually do in any given year. But with that said, I did come up with five. And three of them are films I mentioned already. I think I would put Dead Reckoning on that list, you know, uh, the Mission Impossible film. I'd put The Iron Claw on that list. Uh, again, that's just a film that the more I think about it, the more I stew on it, the more I I like it. And so, uh, you know, even though I had no desire initially to, to watch it again because it felt so heavy, the more I'm like, you know, that'd be a movie I'd be open to watching again and again, purely because of what it talks about and how emotionally resonant it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, you know, once again, I put Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves on that list. You know, just a total surprise, total blast. Love the laughter that that I had from that movie. Uh, and then these two, I haven't really spoken of before much in detail. So this is where I'll spend the, the brunt of it. Uh, one would be Past Lives. Uh, I mentioned this before in the episode, but it just spoke to me in a certain way that few films do and that it comes from. I mean, I haven't really explored a lot of a 24 stuff before I had seen a, 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 maybe one or two of their films before. Um, but, you know, it's it, this is another one of their films. Uh, it's about, you know, thematically speaking. The idea of what if your life could have played out any other way than how it's playing out right now. Is there regret associated with that? Would you want to live that life or are you completely satisfied with the life that you're living right now? Do you think life would have turned out for you the way that it did? Do you think you'd be happier if you lived a different life? Think you'd be sadder if you lived a different life? There are just so many questions explored in that movie that felt very intellectually challenging it got me thinking about oh yeah what you know what and it's done in the context of a relationship so it's talking about these two people and you know in another life could we have been together you know you know what 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 would that have looked like um and there are so many things about that that just touched me a certain way and it didn't necessarily have the the heft that's something that Ironclaw did, you know, in terms of where it made me cry more. But I think in this this film, which I liked better overall, had a lot of things where even now I'm still thinking about a lot of it. You know, there's just a lot I'm processing, you know, as I'm going out and living life. I'm just thinking about this movie randomly. You know, I'll be cleaning my room or doing my job that I work and you think you know, there's something about that movie, you know, what was in and just pick up trains of thought that I, you know, from my from where I last left them. It was just one of those movies that connected to me in a really, really peculiar way that few films do. 
Uh, and then I guess finally I'll round this out with, uh, I mean, I watched this last week. It took me a while to want to go around to see, go around and see it. Cause I had some hesitation, but I did eventually go and see it. And it's Oppenheimer, the latest Christopher Nolan film. I think, again, it's too early to tell, you know, where it places in terms of his larger filmography. But I think this definitely stands toe to toe with something like Dunkirk for me, where it's, and, and it's interesting that I compare it because it's very much its opposite. You know, we've got a maybe a 90 minute war movie versus a three hour historical drama. And yet a lot of the same things that I loved about Dunkirk, I found in this one. Uh, on top of that, I think you have the best work ever from, you know, Killian Murphy and mm-hmm. I think Robert Downey Jr. This is. I keep thinking about some of his scenes in particular and how well done he, how, how well done they were. Um, certain line deliveries I'm remembering and the music too, for that whole movie, Ludwig Gorenson, I believe is, is his name if I'm not butchering it, but I've been listening to that soundtrack ever since. And he, he, it's it, the whole movie is just, these people swinging for the fences, you know, creatively where it's like, they're just operating on a whole other level. They're like on, onto something here, something that was so powerful. And for a three hour movie, honestly, I left feeling like I could watch three more hours of this. It's not necessarily a movie I'd watch again and again, again, because it's so long, but it just, it filled that certain requirement that most historical dramas do while also exceeding them in a lot of ways. It's like, you know how like certain movies will just have the snappy dialogue, you know, it it will just be from, from one exchange to another, kind of like what, you know, writers like Aaron Aaron Sorkin does. Um, That movie was paced like how he writes. It was just so, you know, it was coming so fast and yet you were processing everything and every time it added onto itself, it was just like awe-inspiring the way it was constructed. I was really impressed. Yeah. So that's your that's your number one then. I mean, these films aren't necessarily placed in any particular order, but yeah, that's one of my five. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll have some more to say Oppenheimer in a minute, but uh, just yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's gonna be in my top five. Um, in past lives, I need to see it. Like I said earlier, like that's been on my list and I just um, I missed it in theaters and then it hasn't been streaming anywhere. So I've just kind of like not been able to. And also like I f- when I watch something at home now, I feel like I very rarely am able to like sit and watch a movie all the way through. Um, it feels like I, you know, like because I've got young kids and working and life is just so busy that like I feel like I end up watching movies in like sections like I'll watch 30 minutes here or an hour here so that one feels like I would want to sit and watch it so that's partly why I haven't seen it yet um I think that's why I've rewatched a lot of movies lately because like oh I already know like because if I'm seeing something for the first time I like to be able to sit and watch it in one sitting you know but anyway so yeah I need to I need to get on that though but um so I'm just gonna go a quick a few quick honorable mentions so if one um, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, fantastic. That was a great movie. Um, I really liked the new Hunger Games movie. Um, I know, like, it's gotten decent reviews, but nothing, like, spectacular. But 
I that's a series that I like, I think, more than most people do. And I've never read the books, but I, I, I like the the series. And I thought this new movie was I went into it mostly just out of like curiosity because I like the series. But I thought it was a good prequel and like told a very interesting story. Um, uh, the Creator was another one that I don't know if you heard about that one. It, Gareth Edwards, who's the director of Rogue One. Um, and the uh, 2014 Godzilla movie. It's like an original sci-fi movie that, that he did. Um, I had a really... It's got um, John David Washington, Denzel's son, who you're from Tenet. Oh, He's the star. Yeah, yeah. Um, came out early October, so probably right before you got home. But um, it didn't really make a big in like splash. And But I like that it was an original movie. Uh, it was kind of an original story that he came up with and... Um, also, it's it's got like an 80 or 90 million dollar budget and it looks fantastic. So that's another thing where I'm like, how are these guys making these movies look better than these 200 dollar million movies? But um, just had a, it's not perfect. Not everything kind of quite comes together, but I think it's like really like there's some really cool action, but there's also a lot of great ideas in it. And I think that's it's you know even though it didn't fully execute everything perfectly, it's still to me was worthy of like you know, being one of my favorites of the year. Um, and then the holdovers, um, I just watched that one recently. I thought Paul Giamatti was fantastic. Um, and just a really like, I don't know, just really great character study movie and like good performances that I, I really enjoyed. Um, I wanted to mention Barbie as well. Barbie was great. I had a good time with that. Um, I, I liked some of the, the depth that it went to with some of the storytelling choices. Um, and then um, Elemental, I'm not a big art. I it's not one of Pixar's best movies, but I and I went into this one like it, I, the previews and trailers were not doing it for me. But did you see Elemental by the way? I know that's it came out when you were gone. Yeah, I I, I got around to that one. That's about the only Pixar movies. Okay. Only Pixar movie I've seen since I've been back. New yeah. that is. Yeah, I think I think you missed the Buzz Lightyear one. Uh, which I, oh well, never mind. I, I I lied. I guess I I saw that one, but I completely forgot I saw it. I guess okay. I wasn't the biggest fan of of that one, yeah. so I guess I just it blipped from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but um, I really liked the story. It was very relatable to like my partner and I. Like some of the relationship dynamics felt similar to us, and also like I don't know. It was just it was it was really unexpected how much I ended up enjoying it. And one that once again, my kids and I, we've watched a lot. So it's been fun. Um, okay. And then the iron claw barely missed my top five as well, but just needed to, I talked about it before, but that would be my number six. If I was making, um, so number five, this is one I have not mentioned yet. And that is Creed three. So I'm a huge Rocky fan. Did you see this one yet? I have not. That's another one that yeah. I've, I've been meaning to see, but I haven't gotten yeah. to it yet. So yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Rocky fan. I I like every Rocky movie, even the ones that aren't as good. Like I I you know maybe it's nostalgia, but I I I love those series. I, the Creed movies have all been excellent. Um, I know like some people don't like the second one as much, but I I really enjoyed it. This movie though, so Michael B. Jordan stars in it. He directs it as well, and you have Jonathan Majors, who is a you know controversial figure now, but like this came out. Are you familiar with Jonathan Majors? Do you, do you know? No, I'm, I don't believe I am. So he, um, he was cast as King in the Marvel movies. It was going to kind of be their big bad, like 
their next Thanos type level threat. And and so he and he was in so Jonathan Majors is the actor who plays King, who showed up in the first season of Loki. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, before. yeah, I saw that one. Is he the guy that they meet at the end of the the finale yeah. one? Okay, yeah. yeah. And so they were teasing him to be, and he's the main villain in Ant Man three, and he's he's great. He's that movie's you know it's it's not one of the better movies, but he's great. I mean, he's a great villain, and uh, he um. So that came out, and then he's the he's the antagonist in Creed Three as well. But right after this movie came out, there was charges of um, domestic violence from his girlfriend and different things. And so he just got he was found guilty just like a month or so ago. And right after that, Marvel fired him from um, his role as Kang. Um, anyway, but but he he's he's fantastic in the movie though. You know, like putting all the, the drama beside, aside, he gives a really great performance and he's a great antagonistic antagonist for um, Adonis Creed in this film. And uh, anyway, I, I loved it. And I, like I said, my, maybe there's some bias with it, but I, I thought it was a great movie um, and carried the story along really well. My number four is Guardians Volume 3, which I kind of already talked about. Um, so I won't go too much more with that one. My number... That's four. Number three is um, Godzilla minus one. And these top three, these are all interchangeable. I mean, I, it's like, I could, you know, just depends on the day, I guess. But um, Godzilla minus one, like I said before, it just is like, just amazing. I, I, yeah, I was totally blown away with it. Um, my number two, and this is what you just talked about, was Oppenheimer. Um, so I'm a huge Nolan fan. And I remember when this was like a movie about, about Oppenheimer and like, I didn't really know much about him besides the father of the atomic bomb and those things. And I was like, cool, well, it's Nolan. So I will definitely be there. I don't, who knows how this is going to go, but um, man, it is just so good. Like you said, for all the reasons. And I think one thing that I, I really like too, is like the, the cast is just like so stacked, you know, you've got the heavy hitters like Killian Murphy and, and Robert Downey Jr. But then you have like, this this scene with uh, Gary Oldman and then uh, Casey Affleck shows up and uh, um, Alden Ehrenreich, you know the the guy who played the young Han Solo, like he's he, he shares he like goes toe to toe with RDJ and I'm like, give him an Oscar nomination too, like he was so good I thought, um, yeah. like Josh Hartnett as well, I'm like where's that guy been for 20 years, <laughs> um, which no one does that he he finds these guys these actors that you don't always think are gonna portray this. I mean, like, Heath Ledger's the perfect example, but, like, he does that a lot in his movies where he'll take an actor and just pull out this amazing performance. But um, I mentioned before, like, I really love movies that just are really complex and, and explore the moral ambiguity of stuff. And, like, I think this movie is, like, the definition of that. Like, I mean, it's not only just, like, the you know, the person that created the atomic bomb, this weapon of mass destruction that like, you know, still affects our, our, the world today of this, like this nuclear threat, but like the, also like the really just like personal aspects of his life that, that they explore, like the, his relationship with um, his wife played by Emily Blunt. Like there's a scene kind of in the, I think in the first half of the movie where like, you know, they, they really show her like struggling with postpartum, depression and and especially in like the 40s like i can't even imagine like 
there's no resources for that, I'm sure. And like for them to lean into that. And like, there's a scene where he like goes to a friend to like, Hey, can you watch our kids? Cause I'm working and she can't take care of the kids. And it's like heartbreaking. And, um, and like, I didn't, it was done in a way where like you, I could imagine like being very judgmental of that, but like you understand like the situation and anyway, it just, it's brilliant. The movie was so good. I could keep going on, but, and yeah, the score I'm, I'm with you on that. I, listen to that i've been listening to it nonstop basically since july um so um but what i have at my number one and this like i said could change but it's spider-man across the spider-verse um i i i I love this movie i can understand i I think some of your complaints was like it didn't feel like a complete movie i can i totally get that but like for me these like i love the story choices they went with with this and like miles wanting to be part of something and like he's feeling isolated and then he gets this like community but then he gets rejected and having to like deal with that and like I am I don't know I just was very um relatable at times it's the experience I've had in my life whether I was a teenager or even as an adult um feeling some of those things and then like uh I love what they did with Gwen and her dad and like that you see a lot of father-son relationships in, in superhero movies but you don't see a lot of father-daughter stuff as much and so I I really love that. Um, the animation was phenomenal. Like I loved how every universe had a different style and like how they brought that all in together. It was just so, so cool to see. And uh, the soundtrack was another one that was just like fantastic. And uh, anyway, this is, like I said before, this is one that I've watched a lot and will probably be watching a lot. And uh, I'm just like, Every day I keep checking. I'm like, okay, when are they going to set the release date back for the third one? Because uh, I'm just dying to see yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that's a strange situation there. It's like you 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 leave on a cliffhanger and you don't know when the follow up's supposed to come. It's just the worst kind of suspense ever. Yeah. Which it was supposed to come out in March of this year, and then a couple days after, I think it was like a week or two after the movie came out, they're like, oh no, we're going to push it back because we got to work on. And then a lot of the actors started coming out and we're like, yeah, we haven't even, uh, we haven't recorded any of our lines yet or anything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious, like if they don't stick the landing for the third one, how that people will view the second one. Cause as it is, it's like, this is a very critically acclaimed movie. So, um, anyway, but yeah, no, I, I, I love that movie. So, um, all right. Well, anything else you want to mention with that, the top five stuff? or No, yeah. I mean, this is a pretty good list. I like that we connect on a lot of things, but that we diverge on a lot of things, too. I think that's really cool to see. And as always, it's a pleasure to see how how we line up and how we diverge. And always, always a pleasure to talk about these things with you, Thomas. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, last thing I wanted to ask you was just if there's any movies you're looking forward to seeing most this year, 2024. So I'm still trying to get, you know, uh, acclimated to uh, everyday life. Um, So I don't quite know a lot of things that are coming out this year uh, just off the top of my head. But I did look it up. I looked through the upcoming release calendar and I was able to pick out a few things. So the most immediate one that I'm looking forward to is Doom Part 2. Yeah, Uh, that was one that I watched. I actually got to see the first Doom. They they re-released it. 
uh, a week or so ago. And so I was able to see it in the theater uh, for the first time, which was pretty cool because I wasn't able to initially when it came out. Uh, I'm so hyped for the second one. You know, I look forward to seeing how that second half of the story is visualized. I'm a big fan of Denis Villeneuve. I love the stuff that I've seen of his so far. And it looks to be, I mean, Christopher Nolan really came out in full favor of it recently and yeah. hyped it up some. So, I mean, I had already bought my, bought my ticket at that point. But the more I just keep hearing about this, the more I couldn't be more excited. What's funny is, he, I mean, this is on my list, too, but he, you know, he compared it to The Empire Strikes Back of our generation. And which is such a tired comparison, I think. Yeah. I remember yeah. Josh saying that about Age of Ultron and like different and. I think though, like, um, I'm like Nolan, like you already, you already made that. Like, The Dark Knight is the Empire Strikes Back of our generation, at least in my opinion, because it's like, uh, if there's anything that would that could fit that claim, I feel like it's The Dark Knight, in my opinion. So, but anyway, but no, I'm 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 glad to hear him give it that praise because that's that's a great compliment. So, um, a few others, and these are stuff that I'm curious about. They're not, they're not necessarily ones I'm excited for per se. But they're ones that are like, okay, I'll give this some time to, to stew and see whether or not I really want to see these. One of these is the A Quiet Place prequel, I guess, that I guess mm. we just got a trailer for that today. It's called yeah. A Quiet Place Day One. I'm not a horror fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I love the first two movies. So it's by virtue of having loved the first two movies that this is on my radar. The fact that it is a bit of a bigger story, you know, certainly a lot of a lot more explosions and chaos and destruction than we're seeing in the other two movies. So I'm worried about it being, you know, losing sight of the, you know, the human intimacy that was seen in the first two where you're focusing on this tight family unit. I hope that they're able to maintain it. It's a different director, but I'm still optimistic because of who's involved. I like, I like Lupita Nyong'o and I like uh, Juman Hansu who was in the second one. So I'm curious to see how he factors into this. So that's on my radar. Uh, Another one, Furiosa, the Mad Max Fury Road prequel. Love Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road. And, you know, by virtue of loving that, this is on my radar. It's not necessarily one that I'm like super pent up hyped to see, but it is one I'm curious about. Uh, Other stuff I'm kind of iffy on the, there used to be a time, and you know this, Thomas, where I used to be a big Planet of the Apes fan. That recent trilogy that they did a few years ago with Andy Serkis blew me away. They're coming out with a new one, which is supposed to tie in, but not really to the other stuff. It doesn't have the same creative team. It doesn't have Andy Serkis. So I'm a little cautious about it, but I'm open to it being good. And then the last one I have on here is The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, which is apparently an animated Lord of the Rings movie that Warner Brothers is going to release this December. Again, cautiously optimistic. They haven't been able to quite capture the same feel, you know, with the original trilogy that they then tried to do with The Hobbit, and then they tried to do it again with this TV show that I've heard mixed things about. And there's also been talk of them trying to remake the, the trilogy all over again. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous about this and where they'll, they'll take it, but the fact that it's animated and that it's not exactly 
animation for children. Like it's gonna be try gonna try and be something more for adults. Really interests me. So uh, I guess this is all I got for for right now. There will probably be others that pop up on my radar, but as far as I was able to see, this is what I've got. Yeah, no, that's that's a good some good good things to look forward to. I'm I'm with you on. Um, with a lot of those as well like it's like more like you said um excited but also like you know just curious like the planet of the apes like i'm a huge fan of the the matt reeves movies and and so like from what i understand this is supposed to be like 100 years after that or something like that and um trailer looks decent um you know it doesn't give us too much but mostly just feels like it's showing off the special effects you know so um Furiosa as well. I remember I saw the trailer, like I watched it on my phone. And then when I saw Aquaman 2 in the theaters, they had a trailer for it in this big screen. I was like, okay, I'm I'm pumped for that actually. That looks that looks great. It's, it's the same George Miller is back again directing and um you know I was kind of it's like weird that they recast it, um, but at the same time, uh it seems like I don't know. I I'm 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 excited so far from what I've seen, but um Dune 2 as well, you mentioned that one. Um, the other one that I am, like, uh, very curious about is Gladiator 2. Um, comes really? Out That's... I missed that one. I didn't realize that was coming out. Yeah, I think it's November or December. Um, they they just finished filming, I believe, Ridley Scott, in which I'm like, that guy's, like, 80, and he's, like, cranks out, like, a movie a year the last few years. I'm just like... But I don't feel like he's really done anything that noteworthy lately, and but like if there's a good story there like I, I know he can deliver as a director so like i'm you know i'm cautiously optimistic and denzel washington's in it which i feel like i haven't seen something like a good denzel movie in a while so i'm I, i'm in the mood for that so this could you know hit but uh and then um what's the one i oh civil war have you heard of this one it's with alex garland no, who's I haven't. the director of ex machnia and uh annihilation it's a A24 movie, but it's like, I, the trailer, it looks interesting, but it looks like almost like too close to home. It's basically about the U.S. like having a civil war. And, you know, we live in a very tense political climate right now. So I'm like, is this the best? And it's election year. I'm like, is this the best time to release a movie like this? But I'm also like very curious about it. Um, I like his other stuff and I haven't watched all of his things, but he's an interesting filmmaker. So it's one that's like, okay, I'm, I'm really curious about that and see how that plays out. Um, and then the last one, I, oh, The Fall Guy, have you seen trailers for that? It's got... That, that's one I've seen trailers for. I went and saw Argyle uh, yesterday, and that was, the, the, they played a trailer in front of that one. Okay. And yeah, that, that looks fun. It's not necessarily one I'm like super hyped for, but I mean, if it's... If I hear it's good, I'll I'll probably go see it. I like Emily Blunt and I like Ryan Gosling and they seem like a good duo. I like when Ryan Gosling does comedy. Like he he, I I don't know. He's one of my like he doesn't always do comedy stuff, but like he he always is, makes me laugh. And I I love Emily Blunt and it looks it looks like it'll be fun. So, um, how was Argyle? Also, real quick. Oh um. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's kind of getting uh, eviscerated by critics largely, yeah. but I don't know. Some I can see where they're coming from in a lot of ways, and it's you know it's hardly Matthew Vaughn's best work, but I think there was a few 
qualities there that connected with me person personally enough to where I could I recommend it. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, but it had that heart and it had honestly a really fun, just giddy, absolutely crazy and somewhat corny third act. So, I mean, if that's kind of your thing, then by all means, go ahead. Well, well I'm a big fan of Matthew Vaughn. I, I don't think I've seen all his movies, but the ones, all the ones I've liked, all the ones I've seen, I've, I've always enjoyed, you know, even his like quote, lesser known, lesser movies like the King's man, which I don't know if that came out before you left or not, but I actually really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So, um, okay, my last one I'll be done is uh, Deadpool 3. Um, so it's the only MCU movie on the docket this year. And I'm I'm not like a huge Deadpool fan. I, I enjoy the first two movies. I don't like go back and rewatch them much. But the fact that Hugh Jackman is back, Hugh Jackman is, I was 11 when the first X-Men came out and like, you know, I had no idea who he was, but like that movie just like, I fell in love with, I mean, I'd always loved Wolverine before that, but like his portrayal has just been one that's like, I, I've loved, like to me, he's my favorite comic book, suit, like casting choice of all time, in my opinion. I, and so like, and yes, he went out on an amazing high note, but I'm also like, cool. If they got a great story to tell, like I'm totally down and this seems like it'll be fun. I'm, as we record this, the first trailer is supposed to come out this weekend at the Super Bowl, and I'm like super excited to see some footage. And I, Sean Levy, who's the who's the director, he's not like someone that like I think is like an amazing director, but I feel like he's been on a higher note lately. Like I loved Free Guy that he did a few years ago with Ryan Reynolds, and so um, I'm excited to see what he does there. And the Adam Project, which came out, I don't know if you saw that one. It came out I think when you were gone, but I I really liked that one. It wasn't like I think it kind of like for what, I haven't seen it since I first watched it, but I think it kind of fell apart maybe in the end, the third act of it. But like the heart and the emotion were there, and so I hope he can bring that to Deadpool, which I felt like the second one had that. It had some great, some good moments like that. So anyway, you know, there's that whole multiverse trend going on too, and this is supposed to kind of do a lot of that. And I mean, I'm a sucker for, I know I'm a sucker for like that. If they're gonna tie in these old X Men movies somehow or even just even just with Hugh Jackman alone I'm like I'm there for it so I'm, I'm I'm pretty stoked for that one but yeah I mean I I'll have to see a trailer for this one it was one that I was questioning whether or not I should put on put it on there in the end I kind of lean more towards maybe let Hugh Jackman rest in peace a little bit you know as as Wolverine um but if they do if they pull out the story and it doesn't end up being like hey cameo here cameo here cameo here then i might consider seeing it yeah yeah i think it is gonna i think that there is gonna be that aspect to it for what i understand like just jennifer gardner's back in it that one has been confirmed as electra really yeah i did not know that so there's rumors ben affleck's back is huh. daredevil yeah. um, that there's some of the fantastic forecasts from the 2000s movies um and some of these are rumors but some of them have like the uh, jennifer garner one is confirmed uh taylor swift is apparently in it maybe as well <laughs> so anyway i i mean it could be a mess but it could also be a fun mess it's either way i'm i'll be there opening weekend so <laughs> just if nothing else to see hugh jackman so but uh well down this was a lot of fun i really appreciate you taking time to do this and uh we didn't go three hours so that's 
that's good. <laughs> and anyone that listened this far, thank you. But anything else you want to add before we finish up today? I think we covered it all great. Thank you again for this opportunity to talk yeah. movies with you. Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks for doing it. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. I'd love to hear anyone that wants to reach out, share their favorite films from 2023. Um, uh, so, yeah, I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. supposed to go. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. Pretty good mentor, pull that off.